time now for Gator Guys Sports Spectacular with your hosts, Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, and Mike Kegley. Gator Guys Sports Spectacular, and here we go, Larry Smith, Mike Kegley, Brad Sturdy, our producer, Tony Cordero, is with us as well. Uh, guys, it's uh, Florida football time. Hard to believe that uh, it's already here. <laughs> Billy Napier trying to get his guys ready. And listen, there is um, no rest for the weary. They come out of, the, out of the blocks, right? Next Thursday in Salt Lake at number 14, Utah. Uh, it was a, one of the best early season games last year at the Swamp. And now the Gators have to go there to start the season. Schedule makers, gee, thanks a lot. <laughs> no question, right? It's going to be, uh, it's going to be interesting because you've got, uh, you know, that's the first of five preseason top 25 teams on uh, Florida's schedule. And uh, last year, obviously, Utah had to deal with uh, the humidity. This year, Florida has to go and deal with the altitude, uh, which uh, which could be a factor in the game in the second half in Salt Lake City. So, uh, And uh, a first-time quarterback in Graham Mertz as well for Florida, uh, who you guys know very well in the Big Ten uh, from his years at Wisconsin. So it should all uh, present uh, pr- a pretty intriguing stage on uh, – Thursday night. First Thursday night game for the Gators, by the way, since 1992. Oh, that's uh, crazy. So, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Hey, Kevin Brockaway, he is uh, with the Gainesville Sun. Also, you can uh, read his stuff on the Gannett Network. Uh, great sports reporter who's been covering the Gators for a number of years. Uh, Want to make sure we get your name in there because I didn't get it in there before. That's my fault. <laughs> um, you know, it, it, it's it's funny that for, for Florida, it, it just feels like this is a, a program right now that obviously – Fantastic history, fantastic lineage, right? Um, but boy, it just was the Gators need to come out and really make a statement here in 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 week one. Yeah, no question. And I think you know it's interesting because uh, you know this is the week the uh, Swamp Kings documentary came out on Netflix. Yeah, <laughs> which is, you know harkens back to kind of the glory days, uh, certainly under Urban Meyer. Um, you know who, who you guys know well in the Big Ten also from his time at Ohio State. Um, but that was 2008. That's been it's been 15 years since Florida's won an SEC championship in football. So it's been a minute. You know they they've been through some coaches. Uh, you know Dan Mullen had a little bit of success with some New Year's Six Bowls, but uh, that did not end well. And now you have Billy Napier coming into his second year, kind of in a rebuild mode right now, uh, trying to get things going. You had Anthony Richardson last year, but it didn't quite work out. Six and seven season, very disappointing end to the season. So I think this is an important game to kind of establish momentum, uh, not just for the season, but for the program as well, in terms of, uh, you know, just showing, uh, giving Gator fans confidence that uh, you're a guy that can, uh, you know, turn this thing around. What's been missing for the Gator program since since Urban Meyer really left? I mean, it, it just hasn't been the same. Um, it, what, what have they lacked? I mean, is there something that they're not? Obviously, there's talent. They've had talent. They're getting talent, and and they they have a top recruiting class every year, a top 10, 15 recruiting class every year. But it's not what it's not transitioning onto the field. Yeah, you know, I think the rest of the SEC is getting better too. I think that's the issue um, in terms of coaching. It's become a much more competitive league. There's a lot more parity. You take a look at it, like what a guy like Mark Stoops has done at Kentucky, and they've had some continuity, and uh, they're finally beating Florida now. They've beaten them two years in a row. Um, I think what Josh Heupel is doing right now at Tennessee, that's another guy uh, that, that you look at uh, as well. Um, you know, a very bright offensive mind that has that program going a bit. And certainly Kirby Smart at Georgia as well. 
So I think you know, the tides have rise around them, and Florida hasn't really kept up. I think that's the issue. You know, you could say re- Florida's recruiting top 15 in the country. Georgia's recruiting number one in the country. Tennessee is recruiting at the same level. Even Kentucky is starting to get up there. South Carolina, uh, some of those other programs in the uh, SEC East. And then next year, you have Oklahoma and Texas coming in, and you're going to be done with divisions entirely. So it's it's just a challenge. It's a bear. And when you don't have the continuity, and I think Dan Mullen in particular let recruiting slip a little bit, um, and there's a lack of depth on the roster, you know, the, these things can happen. You can have a couple of off years. So I think, it, you know, the, the one thing you can say about Billy Napier is despite his six and seven first season, he is recruiting well. He has the number three class in the country currently right now. If he can kind of keep it together. Um, I think there is optimism from the future that he, he's building something that uh, they hope will be sustainable down the road. You know, with Coach Napier, is is he prepared? It seems like this schedule could really make it for a tough year if they were to lose to Utah and Tennessee. And, and you know, you, you have Kentucky coming, you know, in game five. That That's a really tough uh, schedule right out of the chute. You know, how, how is he holding the team together and, and can he keep them all on a pathway for a pretty pretty tough start to the season? Yeah, and it gets even tougher in the back end when you've got Georgia yeah. and LSU and Florida State, right? So I think it's going to be critical. I, I think you have to win one of the two early on. You have to either beat Utah out there or beat Tennessee in the swamp. I think if you lose both those games, it can really go downhill because, you know, football is a momentum game. Um, you need buy-in, and it's harder and harder to get buy-in as the losses mount. So I think that's going to be critical. I do think that uh, – I think Utah is going to be pretty tough, but I do think they have a shot at beating Tennessee this year uh, only because, you know, Hendon Hooker is not there anymore. You've got Joe Milton, another guy who you guys know in the Big Ten can be a little erratic at times at Michigan. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe that's the game where you force them into a few mistakes or at home you have the home crowd going for you, and uh, you find a way to pull that one out. Um, so I think that, uh, I think that's, that's the critical game. I think to me that that week three game, uh, if you let that slide, uh, and start out one and two, yeah, then it's going to be a really long season. Going back and looking at, uh, some history here for the Florida Gators, as we talked to Kevin Brockway, again, he's a sports reporter for the Gainesville sun and all on the Gannett network, uh, the Florida Gators, um, talk about just a level of success year in, year out. They have not failed to win seven games in three consecutive seasons since the late 1970s, you got to go back to Doug Dickey and Charlie Pell, his first year when they went 0 with 10 and one and the issues they had then. Um, I, I don't want to, I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but I, I got to, Kevin, I got to ask you this. Are we really at the point right now where we're building Napier? I saw this online. I'm like, I'm like, it's a second year. Could he really be on the hot seat with a one and two start or, or God forbid, a, is it, are we really at that point yet where, Usually you get three, four years, right? As a, as a coach to kind of build something. Could he really be in danger in midseason if, if he doesn't have a winning record at that point? You know, I think Scott Strickland decides that. And Scott Strickland, I believe, is going to give him four years as long as he's the athletic director at Florida. Okay. He's going to give him a full recruiting cycle. There will be a lot of it. And here's another term from a former Illini guy, Ron Zuck. Uh, noise in the system, I think, from fans. I mean, people will be... <laughs> People will be very will people will be upset. There'll be no doubt if they start one and two. There'll be a lot of grumbling. Uh, but Florida isn't the kind of school that uh, you know lets the boosters rule the roost. I think it's still a school where they have trust in Scott Strickland. And um, do you, I mean, do you want that revolving door? I mean, I think that's part of what got what's gotten Florida 
here in the first place is, you know, we'll, you know, we'll must ship Jim McElwain and Dan Mullen. When you don't have that continuity, you have three different coaches in a, a decade or a 15 year stretch. Um, you know, it's really hard to build. And I, I do think that, uh, you know, if, if, if Napier was not recruiting well and they didn't see signs that he was building a foundation, it would be one thing, but I think they see that and, uh, they're going to give them time to get it fixed. Well, when we look, if we look at this season ahead, what, what is the, what are the keys to this team being successful on both sides of the ball? Well, I think the key is the defensive improvement. Um, offense, Austin Armstrong, the new defensive coordinator, I think was much needed. I think Patrick Tony, who went to the Arizona Cardinals, uh, probably played a scheme that was um, a little too soft. Um, certainly, you know, it was kind of a Dave Aranda scheme, but uh, didn't quite bring kind of the pressure uh, with the creeper defense that you would like. I think that Austin Armstrong, judging from the spring games, looks like he's going to have a, a more aggressive scheme. You know, they're going to get they're going to get after the quarterback a little more. Corey Raymond, the former LSU coach that now is here, is going to be coaching the entire secondary, which I think will result in uh, more communication there. So they're going to need defensive improvement because um, I do think with Graham Mertz, uh, you're going to get a quarterback that can sustain drives. You're going to get a quarterback that probably will be more accurate than Anthony Richardson. I just think the big question with him, and I think it might be exposed facing SEC defenses, is can he throw a deep ball? You know, can he can he stretch a defense? And uh, that's going to be a key. They've got two very good running backs, certainly in, in Trevor Etienne and Montrell Johnson. Um, the offensive line loses uh, Osiris Torrance, an All-American, who was a very good right guard. Uh, but they do bring back Austin Barber, who's a, Barber is a promising young tackle. And I do think that they will be passable. They will need to protect Mertz because he's not nearly as mobile as Richardson, but uh, th those are going to be some of the keys. The offensive line play, I think, uh, for sure, and they're going to need to show defensive improvement across the board, but I think there's a feeling, there's just a certain energy that Austin Armstrong has that players have talked about in camp that I think they're they're really going to gravitate to and and be able to make more plays on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, it's 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 very interesting. You look at the the stacked defenses, in the SEC, and and everybody seems to have a good one. How do you think that offense is going to match up? Because you know we're as we talk about this, um, you know our fellow uh, uh, host here, Brad Sturdy, was one of the first people on the Richardson bandwagon last year. Um, that's a huge replacement. Do they have what they need to go up against the LSU's and and Georgias and Alabama? Boy, that list gets long, you know. <laughs> Well, they don't have Alabama on the schedule. I don't see them beating Georgia or LSU this year. Um, but I do think that there's a path to eight wins um, if they upset Tennessee in the swamp. And I think that's a, a winnable game because I do think Tennessee's defense is still still suspect a little bit. But I do, uh, you know, I, I kind of believe that uh, with, with Graham Mertz, it's going to be a, a situation where he's going to be able to uh, – but, you know, that I thought that he's going to be able to move the chains a little effectively. They do have a receiver coming back in Ricky Pearsall. Uh, they're very young as well. And, uh, uh, you know, certainly uh, some promising young receivers as well uh, in terms of uh, Eugene Wilson and Andy Jean, two freshmen that are going to be able to contribute right away. It's Kevin Brockway. Be sure to give him a follow on Twitter. Really easy to follow. Kevin Brockway G1. A lot Kevin Brockway Gators. I mean, you are so easy to find. Uh, I'm sorry. It's not Twitter. It's X. X. X Twitter, the, the yeah. whole. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, hey, listen, you have I very can't quickly... find the app on my phone. I, 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 I always go buy it. I'm like, where's the bird? Where the exactly. Bird yeah. It's a, yeah. What is too this many app? letters for Brad? I only do one. Um, but yeah, Kevin, you have given us uh, boy some great insight in a short amount of time as we kick off this new season. Florida at number 14, uh, Utah. Like you said, it's the first Thursday night game in in many years. We appreciate your time. Uh, we'll be checking back in as well as the season progresses. All right, guys. Uh, Miss uh, Miss Champagne, it's quite a town. I've been there a few times when I was covering Indiana, so uh, you guys keep up the good work there. All right. We appreciate Thanks. that. Thanks so much. And Gainesville, always had a great time, too. My days back in West Palm Beach uh, and all along there. Uh, but those stories from other time. Kevin Brockway Gators. Again, Kevin Brockway G1 on Twitter. Kevin Brockway, he is a sports reporter with the Gainesville Sun. And again, you can catch his good work on the uh, Gannett Network as well. Uh, just an outstanding uh, football writer, sports writer down there in Central Florida. Stay with us. Much more to come. This is the Gator Guys Sports Spectacular. Have you ever met a single person in your life that enjoys paying taxes? No, no one does. If you can't sleep at night because you have a huge problem with the IRS, I've got some free advice for you. This service is strictly limited to individuals that owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes. And if you qualify, we can guarantee that you won't be writing a big fat check to the IRS or our services cost you nothing. The first 100 people that call today will get a free tax consultation worth $500. Stop worrying about your IRS problem. We can help you, we promise. Call the tax doctor right now. I mean right now to learn more. 800-917-8546. 800-917-8546. 800-917-8546. That's 800-917-8546. Well, something we haven't talked about just yet. Uh, Epic battles. You know, you think, you know, Lakers Celtics, you think Yankees Red Sox, you don't think Musk Zuckerberg. Uh, But Elon Musk, uh, the owner of Twitter X, guys, is actually talking about maybe, maybe, having some kind of epic battle between he and his Facebook counterpart. What's this about? (laughs) Well, this should be interesting. (laughs) I I don't know. I think that the, you know, who gets the winner? That's what I want to know. Cagley, Cagley in. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cagley's going in, but Cagley isn't going to do a boxing match. I think it's got to be professional wrestling. Although I don't want to see Mike in tights. That's not something I'm looking forward to. Picture like Nacho Libre. I'll, I'll just do jorts <laughs> like I'll do jorts like John Cena with some sort of parka over the top. You can't see me. We <laughs> exactly. <hope not. laughs> and then people we will be going, not. oh, we can see you, fatty. <laughs> uh, this is uh, something else. Yeah. So he says, oh, what did our society do wrong to deserve that, though? <laughs> this, the Zuckerberg, you know, and Musk. Huh. Can you imagine people from like 40 years ago going, what, what is happening? What, what are we doing? Like, why? Why? We don't know. Nobody what's, knows. What's funny is that they can't, I mean, I guess I took it as a joke, but it's actually some taking it seriously. So obviously Musk and Zuckerberg, both billionaires. Uh, and then Musk was saying the UFC would not be managing the fight, even though 
UFC president, Minchin also speaking with officials in Rome about this thing. So uh, is the Vatican involved? Because now it's like <laughs> Godfather three. Exactly. Be, they're going to be on chariots in the Roman Coliseum. <laughs> Are you not entertained? <laughs> Gladiator. <laughs> fight lions. Exactly. <laughs> it's just, oh, oh my. You know, you've had so many epic battles in the Coliseum. This is the next one. It's uh, Musk versus Zuckerberg. No. Uh, thankfully, it's, that's, let's assume it's not going to happen. Hey, you know what else is not going to happen? The Yankees in the postseason. <laughs> this is, if, you, if you've been waiting to make fun of the New York Yankees, this is your moment. Enjoy these next, um, uh, these next six weeks or so because um, it has been ugly, ugly in the Bronx. Yeah, they really, I mean, <laughs> the other day was the wildest one. They started bunting. I mean, it, we, we've just reached a point where, you know, the Yankee, Yankees baseball has literally to coin my favorite phrase, jump the shark. <laughs> it's not good anymore. <laughs> Nobody cares. No, I, you know, it's, it's funny. It's amazing that the talent that they have though, but it just goes to show you, you can have Aaron judge, you can have Garrett Cole and you still got to have other players and you got to have depth because injuries are going to decimate a team in major league baseball. And as David Lee Roth once said, money can't buy you happiness, but you can buy a boat and float up next to it. And money can't buy you championships all the way. Um, I thought was kind of interesting, though, is since 1995, the most games the Yankees have lost in a row is only eight. Somehow I thought for, you know, nearly 30 years, they might have a double-digit losing streak. Maybe this also... For you Yankee fans who are tearing up, maybe this gives you a little bit of pride that your team hasn't lost 10 in a row yet. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's just incredible what they've, they've done over the years that they haven't had, but you know, with the money and I think too, but it's one of those where we're seeing, you know, in football, Alabama still rules the roost right now, right? The, the blue blood, if you will, of college football. Um, but in basketball, you know, the Blue Bloods haven't done anything in a while, right? We talked about that. The you know Kansas did get the win, but otherwise, Kentucky hasn't done much. You know Duke, UCLA, uh, they're like UCLA exactly. And so I think now we're seeing again where the big money doesn't necessarily mean that that you're going to be on top, um, and not just in the postseason, but in the regular season. I just yeah. want to say Indiana. Yeah, been a while. Just just, just because I like to say Indiana when it comes it. to <laughs> come to not winning There's for no a question. long time, I mean, but you know what? The I mean, you go back to that stretch with the Yankees. A lot of their guys were different. They brought up those homegrown guys, and, and now they're now they're all like you know players for hire. You know, and they're all for hire. But I mean, free agency and things like that. And it just hasn't hasn't worked the same way. Yeah, no, no question about it. Hey, stay with us. We'll hear from some uh, coaches speak. That's up next. Are you tired of your website making your business look bad? Is your current web developer dropping the ball? Let's face it, if your website isn't making you money, it's broken. Let Neon Rain create a website that turns your visitors into customers. Neon Rain has worked with hundreds of businesses across North America, building custom websites and applications with modern designs that are easy to update and work well on mobile devices. They can do it for you too. What sets Neon Rain apart? 
They actually deliver on their promises. Call today for a free consultation, 303-957-3092. That's Neon Rain at 303-957-3092. Or visit them at neonrain.com. This ad furnished by Nesmet Taju LLC. Offer not valid in all states or prohibited by law. Loans are subject to lender approval. See website for details. Honey, the credit card bill came, and we're maxed out. Great. Maxed out cards, rent is due, bills are piling up. We just need some extra cash to help us get by. We should do what my brother did. He went to 27cash.com and got $3,000. With our bad credit? 27cash.com is different. They're one of the largest personal loan networks. They can help people with any type of credit get up to $5,000. I'm sure there's a lot of paperwork. Nope. My brother said it was fast and easy. He did it right from his phone. If you have a regular source of income, you can be approved for a loan of up to $5,000 in minutes and your cash can hit your bank account as soon as the next day. Our lenders have millions of dollars to lend regardless of your credit history. Great news! I went to 27cash.com and we'll have our money as soon as tomorrow. Wow! That is fast! If you need extra cash, go to 27cash.com That's 27cash.com 27cash.com If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-390-5160. 800-390-5160. That's 800-390-5160. You're listening to the Gator Guys Radio Network. I'll continue here along the uh, Gator Guys Sports Spectacular, Larry, Mike, and Brad. Um, you know, we were talking earlier uh, uh, about uh, Billy Napier being only in his second year in the swamp, right? It seemed like he'd been there so much longer. It's like being president. You like age twice as fast, right? Uh, but Napier trying to bring this program back to the glory days of uh, Urban Meyer and before him, Steve Spurrier. Um, a very young team, uh, but again, as uh, Kevin Brockway was saying a moment ago, a lot of promise here with the way they're handling recruiting. Napier talking earlier this week about this young team and about his uh, new starting quarterback transfer from Wisconsin. Let's listen in and we'll talk more about it on the other side. You know, sometimes scrimmages are challenging relative to your evaluating the offense and the defense are all six phases of the kicking game. And are you having success because of your execution or are you having success because the other unit maybe is not doing what they're supposed to do, right? But um, I do think we take a, we took a step forward in terms of quality of the football. Uh, it was much more competitive. Um, you know, I do think that we continue to need to develop more players that can play winning football, that can sustain the entirety of a scrimmage, um, more consistency, still quite a few uh, young players who are getting better, but are they ready for uh, what we all understand and know is coming? You know, I do think the closer that we get to the game, the more the attention to detail uh, has to improve, right? The level of focus and urgency that we bring to every meeting, every walkthrough, every practice rep, um, knowing that we are going to compete against the very best in the entire country and the margin of error is small. So, you know, I do think as school starts, 
Um, we take on more challenges, more distractions. I think there is a self-discipline aspect to our team that will be really, really important. Uh, and overall, it is highly competitive on our team. Uh, the two deep uh, rotational players, what percentage of the snaps at your position are you going to play? Um, you know, are you one-to-one, two-to-one, three-to-one? Uh, will you play at all? Are you a situational player? Um, so every day between now and when we kick off this opener, I think we'll be evaluating um, performance. But um, obviously you guys have been informed. I know it's out that Cam Carroll had a season-ending uh, knee injury. Um, and, man, I'm going to tell you, I think one of the more challenging things is a coach, and I would tell you for our team, uh, is injuries. You know, uh, just kind of hits you right in the gut. But, you know, Cam will respond. Uh, he will get the full support of our team and our organization, um, and and he'll be back. And um, I'm looking forward to that when it does happen. So what else we got here question-wise? Just in terms of getting out of it healthy, I mean, Cam's injury, Justice Boone's obviously a big blow. Some yeah, other two guys. Two injuries, you know, one on each side of the ball. Um, outside of that, I would say it's your typical training camp relative to player participation, you know, the things that you normally deal with. Game ready. I know you got a couple weeks to go, but do you feel like you're you're getting really close to it? You know, I think it's an individual player question. I think that's probably the way I would assess it more than the team. You know, I think the the individuals make up the team. You know, the collective effort of each individual. I think there's a lot of players in our team that are veteran, that are experienced, uh, and understand what will be expected of them and what it's going to be like. But we have a huge group of players that haven't played a ton of football. So um, I think we we need to refine our game. You know, I think as we get our legs back underneath us, uh, as we narrow the installation, and that's kind of what I'm describing when I say attention to detail. I think the, overall we've made significant progress. Um, but I think, you know, it's all about game planning and knowing the plan and then going and executing the plan. I'm sorry, because I wanted to follow up on because that's two guys, but we're seeing lots of guys in non-commie. Shamar, we know. I mean, Jack's not been doing anything. Kingsley like, seems laid off. Yeah, I mean, I think we've always had guys that are modified or maybe aren't able to participate. I mean, how is this different than any other training camp in the history of football? From your assessment, I mean, are, are there some key guys even banged up maybe? I mean, you're heading into week one, Sam. Yeah, no, I mean, I think we we feel we feel positive. We feel good about player availability relative to when we turn the page. Those Some of those guys you mentioned, we anticipate getting back soon. How do you balance the, the thought of getting everybody healthy to game one versus getting everybody ready to tackle and break three tackles and that kind of stuff. You ever think about I mean, like in the NFL, guys are not even playing in the preseason. They don't hit in camp. You ever think about Yeah, no, I mean, I think college football is very much a – this is where we develop players. You know, I mean, I think this is a different level of football relative to the National Football League. Now, look, I mean, 
we all understand each team's a little bit different. You know, we tackle two times a year, you know, um, in training camp. We tackle three times during spring practice. Um, you know, and football is a physical game. Injuries come with the game, you know, but there's a greater good concept. And look, I mean, we're doing nothing different than we've done in years past at all the great places that we've worked. Um, you know, the place we were at prior to here. Uh, so this comes with the territory. Some years you have a fantastic year. You come out of there scot-free, <clears throat> you know, but very rarely, right? So uh, I don't see this one much different than many years from the past. You mentioned uh, last week the need to develop depth at tackle, offensive tackle. Uh, just how much clarity have you maybe been able to have in the last week with Lindell back and just kind of where's yeah. that at? Lindell's going to help us. Uh, there's no question. He's been impressive, in my opinion. Um, to to think about when he arrived, he's been able to pick it up. I do think the guy's played. I mean, I think I was looking at the numbers the other day. He's played like 1,300 plays, maybe more than that. Uh, so this is a – you know, the guy's played a lot of football. Um, he has traits. Um, he's got height length. He's got a 36 arm, which is really unique. Uh, he's done a nice job in pass protection. Um, so, and I think he's developed some confidence as a result of his participation in practice. So, we're very pleased with his progress. And he's still, you know, we got to get him ready to go as he, he gets more reps. It's going to be, for me, I think it's going to be interesting to see how Graham Mertz holds up. Um, he was not the most, um, he's not the most mobile guy. Um, he struggled when you put pressure in his face, and he's going to see a lot of pressure in the SEC. Uh, and, and you know, maybe it's maybe the system will be better for him getting rid of the ball quicker. I don't know how it's going to play out, but um, it, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out because they are a young team, and, and so and they have a schedule. As we heard, you know, earlier, they have a schedule. If it starts off badly, this could it could get ugly. If it goes, it could go downhill. Yeah, when when you finish, you know, with, you know, out of your last five games, you have Georgia, Arkansas, LSU, Missouri, and Florida State. You really don't have any room for um, mistakes at the start of your season. And then you play Utah. And then in week three, you play Tennessee. I will tell you, as as a guy who's watched a lot of Big Ten, I'm not a, I'm not a believer in Graham Mertz now. That doesn't mean that he's not going to go out and prove that, you know, he he belongs. But, it, you know, looking at his Big Ten performance, Brad, I thought I thought you were exactly correct. He he struggled. The foot speed just wasn't there to deal with um, the athletic pass rushes. And you're going to get the you're going to get more athletic pass rushers in the SEC than you can shake a stick at. The other thing I found with him is, is he was extremely highly rated you know, five-star quarterback as a, as a high schooler. And he's just never played at that level um, so far. So maybe he's going to unlock that, you know, somebody's going to give him a cheat code and he's going to be, he's going to have a, just a fantastic year and prove all of his doubters wrong. But, but historically the best predictor of the future is the past. And I'm just not certain if he's the guy to be the caretaker of your program. Well, and that's a great point, too. When you're replacing a guy, um, an uber-athletic quarterback like Anthony Richardson, um, look, I know, I know, you know, 
you change personnel all the time in, in college, right? I mean, it, it happens all the time. Uh, but to your point, a very different style. And, and you wonder, um, because the SEC defenses are so fast, I mean, think BCS game, Florida upsetting Ohio State and Heisman Trophy winner Troy Smith, yeah. uh, most back in the day. But it just was one of those where, um, to your point, does he have the foot speed and, and does he have the athleticism to take on this offense and run it? Um, maybe he can't run it as well as Anthony Richardson, but can you run it in SEC style? Well, I think it's different. I, I look at um, Graham Mertz as being a guy. I look at Graham Mertz as being a guy who can um, maybe make better passes than Anthony Richardson, but not when he's under pressure because he's not going to be able to get away and escape, have that escapability that he had. So it's going to be a different system, different setup, different style. Yeah, and and the funny thing about the SEC, you can go back and watch Bryce Young. As good of offensive line as he had in front of him, he made some fantastic passes under a lot of pressure because those SEC defenses have some fantastic defensive coordinators and they've got some fantastic personnel. So I don't know that you can you can tell your quarterback we're going to protect you so you're not going to be in trouble when you're playing in this conference, you know. And and so Maybe I'll be proven wrong, but boy, they're going to have to be some fantastic blocking and Mertz is going to have to not have one of those games that makes him start thinking in his mind and questioning what he's doing. Because you could tell there were some games in the Big Ten when he got, when the defense got inside his head, um, they lived rent free for quite some time. <laughs> They move in for a while. Uh, yes, they do. Drawers. Yeah, exactly. Uh, crazy stat. We look at um, uh, this uh, Florida Gators program. Since Urban Meyer left after the 2010 season, uh, this is a program that has won more than seven conference games only once, and that was in 2020 uh, under Dan Mullen, his last winning season before he was booted the next year, uh, going five and six. Billy Napier, six and seven last year, six and six regular season. Lost in the Las Vegas Bowl and trying to get things back on track uh, and try to avoid a third consecutive losing season in Gainesville, something that just has not happened in decades uh, down there um, at uh, Ben Hill Griffin. Uh, that much we know. So we'll keep it here. Uh, much more uh, to come here on the show after this. Stay with us. Packages start at $29.99 a month with signed agreement. Restrictions apply. Speak to a representative for complete offer details. See Vivint.com for license details. Terms and conditions apply. Homeowners, if you're looking for the best in home security and smart home technology at a price you can actually afford, we have great news. Now you can get Vivint's award-winning home security systems starting at about a dollar a day. U.S. News & World Report has recognized Vivint as the best professionally installed home security system of 2022. And right now, you can get Vivint's home security technology for about a dollar a day. Plus, get free professional installation from a licensed technician. Protect your home and loved ones for as low as a dollar a day. Call right now for your free home security consultation. 800-613-8053. 800-613-8053. That's 800-613-8053. In case you thought we've forgotten, we have not. Uh, the ACC back to a conversation about expanding 
Uh, once again, it is Stanford Cal. And remember, SMU wants in, and they said, listen, keep your media money. We're, we'll sell, we'll sell fund for seven years. Um, guys, the AC surprising ACC had said no, but uh, clearly conversations are still ongoing. Well, we know that conversations like this are going on between all the conferences and different schools at almost 24 seven. But I would say that I really would wonder why a school would attach their wagon to the ACC Give up your your grant rights until 2036, knowing that you're still going to be way behind the Big Ten and SEC, and they are going to negotiate another con uh, another contract in that time period. It seems like you're basically saying, "Look, we'll let them start with a one lap lead, and then hold my beer. We're going to give them a second lap." I I don't understand why they would do this. It's interesting. You make a good point. I, uh, the only thing I can think is that there must be not be interest in Stanford and Cal to the Big Ten. I yeah, mean, the, yeah. the Big Ten must just be like, I we don't want them. Um, so, and if that's the case, I guess they really don't have many other options. And so they're kind of looking. They're going to take a reduced rate. It sounds like SMU's taking nothing. They're taking a reduced amount. But by taking a reduced amount. The other ACC schools are going to get more. So you can see why they actually will get the votes from the other ACC schools, possibly. They only need to flip one more school to get this done. So it's going to be uh, – it's wild. This conference expansion doesn't make a lot of sense, but it, it it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Uh, 15 uh, voting members, that includes Notre Dame, which has gone on the record and said they are lobbying actively to get Stanford in the ACC – <clears throat> Big Ten fans who think that Notre Dame and Stanford's coming to the Big Ten. It's not happening. Notre Dame is in the ACC, not trying to leave there, trying to get Stanford to join them. Um, and so, I, Brad, I think you're right. What that says to me is that, listen, Stanford and Cal looking up saying, well, it's either $5 million a year if we go to the Mountain West Conference, um, which means our programs are decimated, or we take a last stab and see if we go to the ACC, even at less money. Right now, the AC, uh, Pac-12 team's getting about $24 million um, per team, roughly. That's in the last year of their existing contract, which expires next June. Um, the ACC paying out about $40 million per school last year. Uh, that should go up. But again, it, it's, it would appear that uh, they may get maybe half that. So it continues. Uh, speaking of Notre Dame, uh, one of two uh, major teams that we're watching this week, at Notre Dame in Ireland taking on Navy, USC uh, taking on San Jose State as they open their final season in the Pac-12. That's definitely not the game that you want to uh, pull a face flop on over there in Ireland. We saw what happened, you know, uh, with Nebraska and the the trigger effect. And, and it was actually the high point of the Northwestern season. that wasn't very high at all. Um, you know, you, you think it's you think it looks pretty obvious who's going to win. I don't know that I'd want to play Notre Dame over there, but, um, you yeah, it, it's a great time to kick off the season and I'll probably tune in just because it's college football. <laughs> it's always exciting to watch the games. Even if you're not that interested, they still are on your television, right? You're yes. fucker. I'm not really watching, but I'm, but I'm watching. Yes. Right? <laughs> yeah. No question about that. And uh, again, USC, boy, what a resurgence they've had uh, under Lincoln Riley, uh, the head coach out there, Caleb Williams, unless we, unless we forget he's the Heisman trophy winner, um, boy, just a, 
you know, a, a true junior uh, out of Washington, D.C., the great Gonzaga school program there in the district, uh, his uh, talents on display for one last time in the Pac-12. But it, it would appear his talent, uh, he'll go pro and will never make it to the Big Ten. So there you go with that. But all right, we will uh, leave it there. Enjoy the games. College football is here. Enjoy the weekend as well. We'll see you right back here. Same time, same place, same station. For Mike, for Brad, I'm Larry, everyone else. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. The preceding program is a product of Rise Above Productions and Revision Sound. Join us next week for the latest edition of the Gator Guys Sports Spectacular 